Reaction, and welcome to Episode Epiphany, is a podcast where two friends try to make each other watch shows not in their genre of choice in the hopes that they have an epiphany and start to love something that they normally wouldn't. I'm Jessica, and I pretty much only watch live-action dramas. I'm Natasha, I pretty much only watch cartoons. I do like that you said try to make each other watch the pilot episode, but like, <laughs> like, maybe we won't succeed. We have to, like, strap each other down and try to make each other watch the pilot episodes. <laughs> Man, imagine if that was the thing. You have to try to make the other person stay there and watch it. You have to trick them into it. You have to be like, oh, here's a a YouTube video that I want you to watch. Haha, <laughs> it's actually a 45-minute episode of this TV show. If they try to leave, you have to be like, wait, no, this is the best part. <laughs> wait, no, this is just the ad before the video. We haven't gone to the video yet. This is just a stupid commercial. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it will be a YouTube video. I promise. Yes, that's what we do every week. It's really weird. Yeah, and somehow we turn that into a podcast. I don't know. I feel like it would have to be live audio. (laughs) Found footage audio. Found footage horror audio podcast. (laughs) That's what this is. Yes. I hope that this is someone's first episode and they really enjoyed this introduction. That's very informative. (laughs) I think it tells them exactly what this show is. (laughs) Have we even said yet what show we watched this week? No, but good catch. <laughs> this week, I made Natasha watch Good Girls, which is a crime show about middle-aged women stealing shit. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of information already about this show. I want to mention two things right off the bat. I am just going to give you a trigger warning because there is an attempted sexual assault in this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. If... You don't want to hear that part. I will put a timestamp in right here. 31 minutes, 56 seconds to 32 minutes, 62 seconds and 37 minutes, 9 seconds to 38 minutes, 40 seconds and 40 minutes, 9 seconds to 40 minutes, 37 seconds. And the second thing that I want to say is there is a trans character in this episode who has not yet transitioned. Natasha and I discussed this before watching it, and we decided that we want to use their real name and real pronouns when referring to them. So in case you have just watched only this episode and are very confused, (laughs) Annie's kid in this episode, he transitions later. His name is Ben. He uses he, him pronouns, so we will be using he, him pronouns and referring to him as Ben. So on that note... Natasha, do you want to tell me if you knew anything about the show before you watched it? Um, the only thing I knew about the show before you watched it is from you telling me that you liked this show. You have said in the past that one of the genres of shows that you like, which I didn't <laughs> even realize was a genre until you said it, is middle-aged women discovering their sexualities. <laughs> Typically rediscovering their sexuality. Yeah, I guess so. Like, So you had said that in the context of this show. So I was like, it's something about middle-aged women getting up to sexy shenanigans. (laughs) I thought, maybe from something you said, maybe just from me not knowing what the show was, I thought it was about women, middle-aged women dealing drugs, which maybe happens later, does not come up in this pilot. But that's what I thought they were doing. And also, apparently, there's a ship later on in this show. I don't know if it's characters we meet in the pilot or not, but that you said that I would judge you for liking that ship. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like all the ships of the show are real life bad. But interesting in fiction. 
Yes. The thing about the subgenre of this show, this show is the subgenre of middle-aged women rediscovering their sexuality in the most subtle way I could give you one of those shows. <laughs> because I could throw a show at you that that is the main genre. <laughs> and most of those shows tend to be very boring. Yeah. And I really love them. <laughs> it's such an interesting genre. Like, I like that that genre exists. I think that's interesting. Yeah, it just, it really gets me. Part of what really gets me is that I am also a sucker for ships that are divorced couples. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, and that genre tends to hit that divorced couple note really well. Wait, so ships were like, it's two people who were married, then got divorced, but are now having, like, a new romance with each other? Like, rekindling of their romance? Yes, exactly. Interesting. That's a fun genre I've never thought about before. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, it's really fun. And I feel like these shows, more than other shows, tend to do a better job of showing why a divorced couple was together in the first place. That's actually really interesting. I I like that. I think that's interesting. Yeah, and I think this show shows that a bit with Annie and her ex, Greg, who I don't think you get his name in this episode, but he's here for a few seconds. Yeah. You do get to see, like, why they were a couple. That's interesting. And also the very valid reasons they broke up. (laughs) I like that, because I find a lot of shows, when there are couples, especially married couples, but sometimes also just, like, couples who are, you know, falling in love in the show. Like, they don't do a good job of showing why these people are a couple. And it's like, why? Why? Why would these people have ever even gotten married? I don't see it. So I like that that, that's kind of a fun deconstruction of that, like, very commonly seen in media, just like a husband and wife who are just married but don't even really like each other. (laughs) Yeah, and I think Beth and Dean kind of fall into that. Yeah. Because fuck Dean. But... (laughs) I don't think they said his name in the show, but I was, but I'm assuming Dean is the guy who works at the car dealership. Yeah. Beth's husband. Yeah. Anyways, I will let you get into the pilot episode and stop talking about this. Okay. So this was a really nice pilot episode because it had such a nice structure that was so easy to follow and take notes about. (laughs) Some of the pilots we've watched, I've had to take so many notes because I was like, I don't know who's important. I don't know what the structure of this episode is. It took half the pilot for me to even figure out what the plot of the pilot was. This one, mm, the structure, delicious. Great structure in this pilot. (laughs) So the main concept of this pilot is there's three women. There's Beth, whose name doesn't come up until like halfway through the episode. I was writing her name as Mrs. Boland for so long because they call her Mrs. Boland early on. That's her last name. But they don't say her first name until, like, I swear, two-thirds of the way through the episode. They finally say that her name is Beth. Anyways. (laughs) I was like, I was like, are they ever going to say this woman's name? (laughs) I believe you. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so there's Beth. There is, uh, and so we see her first. She is, like, the stereotypical mom of she has okay they say in the episode that she has four kids i swear every time there's a scene with her kids there are more than four kids there (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny to me because in the final season they keep mentioning she has four kids and only showing three like very (laughs) consistently (laughs) i just like i didn't pause the episode and like try to count all the children but like it just seems like there's so 
so many children running around. I was like, no way is that only four. There's like at least six kids here. Well, I mean, in reality, Beth has five kids because she's married to Dean. Oh, burn. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they even kind of make that joke in the first episode where she's like lining all the kids up and giving them their lunches. And then Dean, her husband, like lines up with the other kids and she gives him his lunch. And it's like very obviously like she has to take care of him like a kid because he's an irresponsible guy. But yeah, she like, they live in a nice house. She's very put together. She's like the very like, not like overly rich, like not like super, super fancy, but like well-to-do, put together, stay-at-home mom kind of person. And we see her having her busy morning. Then we jump to Annie, who we don't find out right away, but we find out later is um, Beth's younger sister. I'm assuming younger. She yes. seems younger. And we see Annie driving her kid to school. Her kid is Ben, the kid we mentioned at the beginning of the episode who in this episode is referred to with female pronouns, but apparently later transitions. And she's driving her kid to school. And it's so cute. I really like Ben. Ben is so cute (laughs) and has just such a good vibe. And Annie is such a cute mom. And like Annie mentions Ben's girlfriend in this episode. And so clearly with before Ben comes out, I'm assuming identified as like a lesbian or bisexual or something. And Annie is just like super on board with her kid's girlfriend. And it's just really cute. It's a very cute scene. And then the third woman, um, her name is Ruby. And we see her and her husband watching their daughter give like um, a presentation at school about like taking down the patriarchy. (laughs) And she's like, trying to like literally burn a book in front of her class <laughs> and her teacher has to be like no 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 like don't don't actually set this on fire and it's very cute and her the daughter whose name is Sarah I think her like um little like presentation she's giving about like girl power uh is like the the narration that's kind of playing over this whole intro scene when you're meeting the three women which is like a cute detail um and we also see that Sarah is sick in some way I don't think they ever say what her illness is but she has like an oxygen tank and later in the episode they're giving her medication for like her kidneys so she has some illness she has kidney failure i am not sure if they connect it to a specific disease Mm -hmm. or illness but the main problem is that she has kidney failure she will need a kidney transplant eventually Mm -hmm. yeah so that's kind of the the three People. Oh, and the other detail about Annie is it's very obvious that Annie doesn't have a lot of money. She's a single mom. She's dropping Ben off, like, behind the school so Ben's friends don't see Annie's, like, old car that's not, like, cool. So we kind of, like, that's the the three women and we kind of get, like, an idea of what their life is and where they're at. And then, I think it, like, I can't remember if it just immediately cuts. Oh, they're each, like, going off and it seems like they're all, like, going to work or whatever. You know, they're, like, they're leaving their kids and going to work, it seems. And then they all meet behind a grocery store and they, they like, are, like, okay, are we gonna do it? Like, it's time. And then it, like, smash cuts to the three of them robbing the grocery store. (laughs) Like, coming in with guns and masks over their faces and being, like, everybody, hands in the air, this is a robbery. And that's, like, the cut to, like, the title screen. I didn't know that this was going to be about them doing a robbery. I knew it was like they were doing something bad, but I didn't know exactly what. And it was a very satisfying cut to like, these moms just doing their mom things. Smash cut to, we're doing a robbery. Yeah, it does seem like they're going to work. They're dropping off their kids. They're going to do a normal mom thing. No. No. They're robbing them. <laughs> and then, then after that, there's like a, a title screen that says three weeks earlier. And um, we get a couple more little scenes with each of these women. We 
figure out that um, Beth's husband is cheating on her because, like, she's getting waxed and her credit card declines and then it smash cuts to her husband and he's, like, having sex with his assistant at work. Can we talk about how somehow this, like, tiny-ass thong that Dean bought was expensive enough to max out their credit card? (laughs) I'm... I'm assuming he bought other things too, but it would be stuff. It's very funny because so the whole thing is like her credit card's maxed out, and later in the episode she ends up figuring out that he like maxed out the credit card at this lingerie store, and she goes to figure out what he bought to see if it was a present for her or if he's cheating on her, and it's this little bejeweled thong. And unless this bejeweled thong cost thousands of dollars, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, honestly. the implication is that this thong cost, like, so much money, and it looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, like, rainbow, like, rhinestones, like, like costume jewelry on it. Like, it's- Even if this is, like, a high-scale boutique lingerie store, which it doesn't look like, it looks shady as shit. <laughs> I cannot imagine that costing more than, like, 80 bucks. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, they never... Like, he must have bought other stuff as well, like, in other places or whatever, that maxed out this credit card. And, like, we also end up finding out later that he's been lying to her about, like, they're actually super in debt in general because he made bad choices at work. But, yeah, she just... The only thing she follows up on is this lingerie place... (laughs) <laughs> and he just bought one thong apparently and it maxed out their credit card <laughs> I didn't even think of that but you're right yeah so that's what Beth's up to she doesn't find out here that her husband's cheating on her like the audience finds out but Beth doesn't find out till later then we cut to Annie she's working at her grocery store job this guy at her work who his name is Boomer his name is Boomer originally he refers to himself as a boomer and I thought he meant like a boomer and I was like he doesn't seem that old and also it's a weird thing to refer to yourself as a boomer and then I realized that's just his name oh god yeah he's super creepy and gross he's like Fucking trying to hate f- him oh he's terrible um he's trying to flirt with her but he's also being really really rude to her and he's just gross he's just obviously gross so she's dealing with that he's the guy when i was telling you that this show has a character in it that makes it hard for me to rewatch the start of it it's boomer i fucking hate boomer understandable yeah especially what happens with him later in the episode yeah but yeah even in this first scene he's gross he's yeah whatever that annie has to deal with him and so it's clear that her job sucks partly because she just works at a grocery store which is not a fun job but also because her manager is terrible Yeah, so that's what Annie's up to. And then Ruby, we get more information about her daughter being sick. We see her at a doctor. The doctor is very, like, it's chaotic there. The doctor's busy. He's not really paying attention to her. It's clearly kind of, like, either not a very good doctor or a doctor who's just, like, super overworked and doesn't have enough time to really help Mm -hmm. her. And she has done some research about this medicine that is supposed to be really good for Sarah's condition, but it costs $10,000 a month out of pocket, which is... So much. (laughs) The American healthcare system is so fucked. Yeah, it's so sad. Honestly, like, we learn more about Annie and Beth's situations, and, like, their situations aren't great either, but, like, Ruby's is by far the most, like, heartbreaking. Ruby is definitely having the toughest time. Yeah. So she's dealing with that, and then it cuts to her at work, and she works at a diner, and Annie and Beth are at the diner, and they're kind of hanging out and chatting, and it's clear that they're, like, all friends, and... 
they're talking about like kind of jokingly talking about how someone would rob the grocery store where Annie works because Annie's talking about like oh lots of places where I've worked have gotten robbed but you know you got to do it the smart way and she's like going on about like how she would rob the grocery store and they're all kind of joking. Annie has a whole plan of how to rob her place of work and it's yeah. very funny to me. She's like no these idiots they park in the front by the cameras the security guards like right there like what are they doing? <laughs> yeah and like she's talking about how like yeah there would be like you, you don't want to even mess with the registers. You go for the vault in the back and there's going to be at least 30K in that vault. And Ruby's like, oh my God, I could use 30K. And then Annie and Ruby are kind of going on as if like they're actually going to do it. And Beth is kind of getting freaked out. And then Annie and Ruby start like laughing and they're like, we're just kidding. We're not actually going to rob this place. Like, oh, Beth, you're so funny. And then like smash cut to the robbery again where they're actually robbing the grocery store, <laughs> which is very good. And um, they're clearly like kind of nervous and don't know what they're doing because clearly they've never robbed a store before they're just three like (laughs) middle-aged moms but beth is the most like intense she's the one who like when ruby and annie are kind of hesitating beth is like no i'm going for it i'm yelling at people i'm telling them to put their hands up i'm gonna go find the manager like we're doing this i can't remember exactly what happens at what point we keep jumping back to the robbery but basically there's a fun cut from talking about doing the robbery to actually doing the robbery. Then we get another title card that says one week earlier, and we get another couple scenes with each of the women. We get um, Annie at work again, and we see her ex show up. I don't think they say his name in the episode, but you said his name was Greg. Yeah. And uh, he's there, and he's basically saying, like, me and my new wife are going to sue you for custody of our kid. And Annie's like, you can't do that. And he's like, "Uh, our kid would have a better life with me because we could send him to a private school and buy him a new laptop and Annie's like she, I don't remember exactly what she says but she basically says our kid is super queer he doesn't want to go <laughs> to a catholic school slight spoiler but the best part of Ben going to catholic school is that no one at the catholic school cares it's really lovely Oh, that's really nice when Ben goes to the Catholic school before he transitions and he's like, I want to wear the pants uniform. And they're like, fine. <laughs> and he transitions and no one cares. And he's on the lacrosse team. And I love that boy. Aw, that's so good. But I, I do also like Annie, like, acknowledgement of like, no, <laughs> like he shouldn't go there, even if it does end up being good. Yeah, Annie has a fair point, and I think mm-hmm. Annie has reason to be concerned, but it does end up being a very good place for him. That's good. But, and I also, I think it's an interesting fight because, like, Annie's like, I, I don't want you to take my kid, like, and you shouldn't send Ben to this, like, Catholic school. But also, Ben being like, or not Ben, uh, Greg is like, you, like, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he basically says, like, you don't really have the money to support our kid. Like, Ben needs a new laptop or a new computer, and he hasn't told you yet because he didn't want to, like, freak you out. But, like, I could afford to buy that for him. And so, like, they kind of, even though, like, I think it's very much an asshole move to just show up at your ex's work and be like, we're going to sue you for custody, (laughs) instead of being like, hey, can we maybe talk about, like, more shared time with this kid or whatever, instead of just being like, we're gonna sue you. But... Like, I feel like you kind of see Greg's point, too, about, like, thinking he could give this kid a better life or whatever. But also, Greg doesn't have zero custody. That conversation is very odd to me because Ben does hang out with Greg. Greg could just buy the fucking laptop. Yeah, see, that's weird. Like, yeah, I was like, does Greg have no visitation? Like, it's not really clear in this episode. And also, like, Greg is like, who's watching Ben right now? And um, and he's like, the babysitter. Which, okay, also... 
I don't know how old Ben is supposed to be because I would have said like 12 or 13 maybe, but I feel like a 12 or 13 year old doesn't need a babysitter. Don't they tell you in this episode? I think they say he's 11. Oh, okay. I, they didn't say that in the episode. That makes a little more sense because I was because I would have pegged like 13 and I was like, I was babysitting other kids when I was 13. Like 13 <laughs> seems old to need a babysitter, but 11 is like, yeah. 11, you probably shouldn't leave them alone. I think probably the actor is just a little bit older than the character is supposed to be, which is fine. Um, But yeah, anyways, but I was like, well, if Greg has a complaint about like Ben, you know, like where's, who's staying with Ben? It's like, well, do you not have any visitation? If you do have visitation, like, could you just offer to take care, like have the kids stay with you sometimes? Like, I don't know. The the situation's a little unclear at the start, but obviously Mm -hmm. for Ben to have told Greg he needs a new laptop, Ben must be communicating with Greg at some point. That's true. I think they just don't have formal visitation set up. Mm. And to an extent, I would say at this point, they don't have good co-parenting, like, Mm -hmm. conversations. They're not in each other's lives very much. Yeah. Regardless of what you're, like your good intentions or whatever, I feel like there was a way better way to approach this than to show yeah. up at your work and be like, we are suing you. Get yourself a lawyer. <laughs> like, dude. Greg comes off very bad in this episode, mm-hmm. and Greg is not the guy he is in this episode <laughs> for most of the show. That's good. That's good. Like, I do think that the episode was trying to paint him as, like, not terrible, but mm-hmm. it's like his choice of actions was bad. Anyways, That's Annie's scene. We're setting up this whole she needs money to get a lawyer to keep custody of her kid. We see Beth again. And this is when we find out Beth and Annie are siblings because they're talking about Beth told their parents when they were younger that Annie was smoking pot, like blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Because they're talking about like doing the robbery again. They're kind of like joking about it still. But then like Beth is like, no, this is like way more serious. Like doing a robbery is not like smoking pot when you're a kid. That's happening. And then we also get the scene where Annie figures out that her husband is cheating on her. Beth finds out. What was that? You said Annie finds out her husband is cheating on her. Oh, sorry. Beth finds out that her husband's cheating on her and he goes with her to the lingerie place and they make up this whole lie about the reason they need to find out <laughs> what he bought at the lingerie store, like what the purchase was on this credit card is because Beth's friend, he, she, she, her lie is that she bought this underwear for her friend and that her friend got in a car crash and her friend is in a coma and she was wearing the underwear when she was in the car crash and Beth wants to buy her the same underwear again so that when she wakes up from the coma she could give her the underwear as a present but she doesn't remember what size she bought and she doesn't want to ask the family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 very silly. It's very funny. It was a good scene. <laughs> uh, and then uh, once she figures out that her husband's cheating on her, she like takes a hammer and starts, like, destroying his office. (laughs) It's very good. Um, But while she's doing that, she finds some papers and she ends up realizing that um, their family is actually really in debt and her husband has taken out a bunch of mortgages on the house because he made some bad business choices. And basically, they're broke and they're probably going to lose the house and her husband is just shitty she like calls him out on cheating on her and on like lying to her about their finances and he's just like oh i'm so sorry i messed up and she's like no fuck you just i'm gonna deal with this because you can't like be trusted basically beth is so fun like she has been 
essentially a complacent housewife for her whole life. And the minute she finds out her husband fucked up their finances, she's like, no, this is my responsibility now. You are leaving my house. Yeah. It's funny, though, because, like, so after this, Beth, like, goes to Ruby and Annie and is like, we are going to rob the store because, (laughs) like, I need that money. But I'm like, how... How was Beth planning on explaining to anyone where this money came from? Like, <laughs> like even if, like, she's kicking her husband out, I feel like she would still at some point have to explain to him how she got the money to pay for the house and for everything that, like, to fix his mistakes. Like, how was she planning on explaining that to him? <laughs> she can't tell him she robbed a grocery store. Dean is so pathetic. If she tells him to shut up and ignore it, he will. I guess. But man, I was just like, I feel like you're missing a part of your planning here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which like kind of comes up later. At least spoilers for later in the episode, which I guess is not spoilers. Ruby, at least because when they they do rob the convenience store and they have money or grocery store, Ruby's explanation for why she now has money to pay for her kid's medicine is that an anonymous donor donated a bunch of money to the GoFundMe they had for their kids' medical bills. And it's like, even though, yes, an anonymous donor giving tons of money is kind of suspicious, at least she has an explanation. Yeah, she does have a reason. The funniest thing, I don't think they mention it in this episode, but the funniest thing about Ruby robbing the grocery store to me is that her husband is a cop. Oh yeah, that comes up in this, like... Her husband, I think, is, like, a security guard, and then at the end of this episode, he's like, good news, I got into the police academy, I'm gonna be a cop, like, I'm moving up in the world, and she, you can just see, like, her face is just like, oh, no. Oh, fuck. Like, like, oh, no, like, it was bad enough that I robbed a grocery store, but now my husband is a cop. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, that doesn't happen yet. It's basically them deciding they're going to rob the store, uh, and then it cuts back to the actual robbery. We see more of them robbing the store. Annie and the manager go into the back to the vault to, like, grab all the money. And while they're doing that, Annie has, like, a huge tramp stamp on her back that says, all you need is love. And we see it at the beginning of the episode. Like, Boomer's checking her out, looking at her tattoo, and blah, blah, blah. And then when she's stealing the money, he sees the tattoo again, and so it's, like, obvious that he recognizes who she is. She doesn't realize it, but the audience realizes it. But other than that, other than Boomer seeing her tattoo, they get out with the money. The the grocery store, like, security guard shows up, but he, like, is really pathetic and can't even, like, chase after them. So they get out. They get they escape with the money. It's great. The robbery went great. They go home. They're counting the money. They thought they were going to get 30K. They get, like, half a million dollars. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, why did this grocery store have half a million dollars? Like, this is insane. And, like... Annie's just kind of happy about it. She's like, we got so much money. And Beth doesn't, is just kind of like, wow. But Ruby is like, no, this is terrible. Something is super shady and wrong with the fact that they had so much money there. And also we might've gotten away with stealing 30K, but there's no way they're not going to investigate half a million dollars getting stolen. Like we are screwed. Yeah. Ruby has a great point. Like 30K, eh, half a million dollars. Fuck. Yeah, Ruby is my favorite, spoilers, but Ruby is my favorite character in this episode. She is the most logical, she has the best, like, reason for doing this, but she's also the most, like, I don't know, I just really liked Ruby. I was like, Ruby's on it. Every time I was, like, had a thought about, like, this is bad or this is dumb, Ruby was, like, calling it out. Like, Ruby was the voice of reason in this episode. She really is. They get away with the money, they're like, 
we can't spend this money because that'll draw attention. We have to really like lie low with it until we can get rid of it. Smash cut to Annie bought a super fancy car. Annie bought her kid a new laptop. Annie's just like spending all this money. But then we also see that the other two are also spending the money. Yeah. Oh, and also I like that when Annie like shows up with the fancy car and everything, Ben is like, where did you get the money for this? And Annie's like, don't worry about it. And Ben is like, sure, I'm not going to worry about this, mom. This isn't suspicious at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, ben is my other favorite character. Ben's great. Ben deserves all your love. Yes. Um, so that's what Annie's doing with the money. We see Beth. Beth decides that she's going to go to her husband's secretary, who's sleeping with her husband, be really, really rude to her, and also <laughs> give her $5,000 to buy a plane ticket and move to LA and become an actress, which is her dream. Yeah. It's like, I get that Beth is mad. And she also specifically says, like, I mostly blame my husband, but I also blame you. But I don't really blame you because you're stupid. And it's like, (laughs) you didn't have to say that to her. It's really funny, though. She's like, I don't blame you because you're really stupid. (laughs) Like, it was funny, but it was also kind of like, okay, Beth, calm down. This poor girl. (laughs) This poor girl. On the one hand, like... The girl definitely knew that that Dean was married and, like, you shouldn't sleep with him. But also, like, she was, like, clearly kind of being taken advantage of by Dean. I don't know. It does, yeah. It's a small scene. Basically, Beth is, like, paying the girl off to, like, leave. And, yeah. Which is, like, I get it. And technically, you probably made the girl's life better because you gave her money to, like, go f- chase her dreams. But also, it's, like, why, why do you care? You're not going to get back with your husband, so why do you care if the girl he's sleeping with is still there? I don't know. I Okay. I can see from this episode how you would feel that, but Beth very much is the person that's like, my husband is shitty and he sucks, but we have four kids together. Mm-hmm. I can't give up on that wholesale, which I think is where this scene is coming from. It's like, I have to get rid of this girl because this is my family. Interesting. Okay, yeah. Because from this episode, I got the sense that she was just like, fuck you, Dean, we're done. But I guess if she thinks that there's a chance of them getting back together. Uh, And then we see Ruby, and Ruby is using the money to pay for her daughter's medicine and to get a really good doctor who's, like, actually treating them really well and, like, paying attention to them. That scene was also so sad. It's like, she just wants to have a good doctor and medicine for her child. Poor Ruby. That scene is so sad and so heartbreaking. And at the same time, it's like, God, it sucks that you need so much money in America just to get, like, good medical care. It's like, I get, like, Beth and Annie's situation suck too, but it it almost makes Beth and Annie's situation seem kind of... Trivial. Yeah, trivial when compared to, like, Ruby's situation. And it's also, like... Because this show is, it's very much, like, kind of a comedy. Like, there's a lot of mm-hmm. humor to it. And so they they kind of try to add some, like, humor to Ruby's scenes. But it doesn't work as well because it's, like, it's not a humorous situation in any way. And so it just kind of comes off as weird. I feel like, like, in that scene where she's with the doctor and then the doctor's like, oh, like, I'll get you some some water. Like, oh, do you want, like, cucumber water? And then Ruby's like, oh my gosh, yeah. And she's, like, almost crying. And then she's like, actually, can I get lemon too? And, like, it's kind of supposed to be a joke, but it also just feels weird in that scene because it's, like, not a funny scene. I don't know. I agree. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. But whatever. I'm glad she has money for her daughter now. <laughs> yeah. And then we cut to Annie's apartment, 
And this is, okay, this is where we're going to get into the first of two scenes that could be triggering. So Annie's manager, Boomer, shows up at her apartment and basically tells her, I saw your tattoo. I knew it was you who robbed the store. I won't tell anyone it was you as long as you do something for me. And he basically is blackmailing her into having sex with him. He's like, if you have sex with me and you pretend to like it and want to be with me, I won't tell anyone you robbed the grocery store. And Annie is like, very obviously uncomfortable. Obviously, it's a terrible situation, but she's like going along with it because she doesn't want him to tell anyone that they robbed the store. And then she is about to have sex with him, but then Ben shows up because Ben's home, Ben lives there. And um, Annie's like, oh my God, like I thought you were asleep. And luckily Boomer gets up and leaves and is like not about to like have anything happen while this kid is here. So that's good at least. But he very much is like, I will be back. This is not done. And he leaves. Mm -hmm. And so we know that that's going to come back. Then we, oh, then I have my note about Ruby actually had an explanation for where she got all this money with the GoFundMe. Yeah. Which I was like, <laughs> Ruby's the best. Then we go to Beth's house and they like, she like walks into the house and there is a bunch of guys there who are presumably some sort of gang uh, <laughs> and they have guns and they're like, hello, we would like our money back. And Beth is like, <laughs> oh my God. And then we, uh, I also put a note that like, this moment where Beth walks into her apartment or her house and there's just these guys there being like, hello, we want our money. That would be a great end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it really would be. Like, I do like the rest of the episode and, and I where this episode ends is also good. But I was like, that would have actually been such a great ending because I was not expecting it. Like, I was like, oh, the beginning of this, the rest of this season or like this part of the season is going to be them figuring out like, what do we do with the money, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, all of a sudden they introduce this like, oh, hello, there's something very dangerous happening here. <laughs> like, but anyways, these guys show up and then they cut to all three women are there. So I guess they like told Beth she had to call Ruby and Annie over or whatever. And they're basically saying like, this was our money. And they don't exactly explain the situation, but it's basically like, they're a gang and they have like arrangements with local businesses to, I guess, store their money or launder their money or something. Yeah, I think based on where the series goes, I think the implication is that they are laundering money through the grocery store, mm -hmm. but that probably takes some time, which is why the grocery store was holding so much of the cash in their safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so whatever the case, the money, the, the half a million dollars they stole was not money from the grocery store. It was money from this gang that was being held there. And they're like, hello, like, you need to give us our money back. And they're like, mm, uh, we can give you most of it, but we've spent some of it. And they're like, haha, no, you have to give it all back with interest. We'll see you soon. Bye. And uh, <laughs> all three women are freaking out because these guys have guns and are threatening them and are like, you have to give our money back. And also after this happens, Beth takes her kids to the motel where Dean is staying. And basically just like with no explanation is like, you have to take my kids or our kids. You have to take the kids. Like, I can't explain why. Goodbye. And like, Dean is obviously terrible, but I kind of feel sorry for him in this scene because imagine you were like staying in this hotel and your wife just suddenly shows up with all your kids and is like, the kids have to stay here. Uh, I can't explain why. Like, and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, I can't tell you. Bye. And it's like, that would be so freaky. Like, 
Yeah, that would be really scary. Like, he has no context for what's happening, and she's very frazzled and intense and won't explain to him why she's dropping all the kids off, like, at the hotel where, like, he doesn't have room for them and he has no understanding of why this is happening. I was like, oh my god. But I do like that she was smart enough to be like, I don't want my kids to be in the house where this gang was. Like, they know where I yeah. live. I don't want my kids there. So that was good. And then we get the scene with Ruby's husband revealing that he is going to become a cop and Ruby being like, oh, oh, oh no. And then we have Annie and Ruby and uh, Beth talking about how they're going to get the money because they like returned what they could and stuff, but it still wasn't all the money, especially the car Annie bought, like lost half its value after she you know, took it out a lot. So she didn't get all the money back. And I'm sure Ruby couldn't get her money back for the medicine. Like I don't, yeah. So they don't have all the money. And they're like, what are we going to do? And Ruby's like, maybe we should just go to the cops and just tell them what happened. And like, we'll get in trouble, but at least we won't die. And Annie's like, no, absolutely not. We can't do that. Annie's like, what we'll do is we'll steal the money from somewhere else (laughs) and then we'll give them that money and then it'll be over. And Ruby and Beth are like, no, like what? And Annie's like, it's the only option. And they're all like, I don't know. I guess we'll talk about it in the morning. And uh, Ruby leaves and Annie goes to go, or Beth goes to go take a shower in Annie's apartment. I think Beth is staying with Annie now because she doesn't want to go back to her house where the gang was. So anyways, she's having a shower. Ruby's gone. Annie's um, there. I don't know if Ben is there or Ben's sleeping or whatever, but it's Annie alone. And then Boomer shows up again. This is another trigger warning. This is the scene where... He, I'm not going to go into all the details, but basically he assaults her for the same reasons as before. He's like, you have to do this. And she's like, no, absolutely not. And she's telling him to stop. He's not stopping. And she also says, my sister's here. And he's like, I don't care. Annie hears this scuffle happening in the other room. Doesn't know what's happening. Probably maybe thinks it's the gang. Comes out with um, one of the fake guns. Oh, also the guns they used for the robbery are not real guns. They like took kids toy guns um and so she takes one of these toy guns and she starts threatening boomer with it but boomer realizes it's a fake gun and he's like yeah whatever shoot me that's not a real gun and then he's like you know what you guys are crazy i'm leaving i'm gonna go tell the police that you guys robbed the store and annie is so angry partly because he's gonna tell them but largely because he was just assaulting her sister she takes a like alcohol bottle and smashes him in the head with it. And he's like, what the fuck? And he stumbles backwards. He falls into a table and presumably dies. The episode ends there with them just seeing his body splayed out bleeding. We don't know if he's dead or not, but they think he's dead. And it ends with them being like, oh my God, what do we do now? We can't call the cops because we have a bunch of stolen money. And also this guy maybe just died. And that's where the episode ends, which I think was also a very good dramatic end to the episode. And that is the whole pilot. Yes, and and Boomer's dead, thank God. Okay, yes, good. <laughs> I mean, no, he's not, but fuck, I wish. Oh, he's not? Dang it. He, okay, he is dead in the large sense of where we are in the show now in present day. Yeah, Boomer's fucking dead, thank God, deserved it. He's not dead at the end of that episode. Oh, okay, like later he dies? Later he dies. It's okay. Interesting that he's not dead because I am curious how they resolve that. Because I, I, I honestly, as soon as Boomer figured out that Annie was the one who robbed the store, I was like, "They're gonna kill him, aren't they? This is gonna. That is how this is gonna escalate. Is that they're gonna kill him, and then they're gonna have to be like, not only do we have to deal with the fact that we did a robbery, but we also did a murder." <laughs> yeah, Boomer is. I don't know. Boomers are really interesting. Like 
almost second tier villain in the show. I Mm. hate every second of him. I'm so glad he is gone. But I guess he's kind of blackmailing them for both of it. He's gone for a lot of it, too. And Mm. I don't 100% remember what his plotline is, but, like, there's a lot of blackmail going on. There's a lot of other things. He luckily never touches Annie again. Thank fuck. Good. Because, I mean, her sister just tried to kill her, and Beth would. Beth tried to kill him. Tried to kill him, yeah. (laughs) Beth is a fucking icon. Yes. Yeah, no, she was very good in that scene. She was like, no, fuck you, like... You do not, you do not touch some, because Boomer's trying to play it off, like, I mean, it's very obvious that he's lying, but he's trying to be yeah. like, no, 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 like, it's fine, she wanted it, we're just, like, messing around, and Annie is like, uh, or sorry, Beth, I keep mixing up their names, Beth is like, if a woman says no, you stop, like, that does not mean she wants you to keep going, and he's like, Ugh. but, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Was, she was there for her sister, which was good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, what did you think of it? It was good. I mean, like I said at the top, it was a really well-constructed pilot. So we got such a good, clear image of who these characters are, what their motivations are, the constant, like, cutting from, like, them just being normal moms to, like, doing a robbery was, like, really satisfying. The cuts hit really well every time. I had, like, a good sense of, like, kind of where the show was going to go. Like, it's just going to be, like, constant escalation of what was going on, but it wasn't, like, boringly predictable. It's kind of like Breaking Bad if the (laughs) guy in Breaking Bad wasn't a horrible person. (laughs) Um, It also reminded me of the show Orphan Black, which is a great show. Um, One of the main characters in that is like stay-at-home mom, or I don't remember if she's a stay-at-home mom, but she's like a soccer mom who ends up getting involved in a bunch of crime and it very similar vibes to to, like her storyline in that show is similar to the vibes of this. So like, I also liked that. The characters were good. Ruby was definitely my favorite, but I did also like Beth and Annie. It was good. I, I I actually really liked it. I could tell from your summary even that you liked it more than I thought you would, which is great. I, I think the thing I liked the most about it was that it was like a really nice balance between drama and comedy. Mm-hmm. I think if they had played it off a little more serious, I wouldn't have liked it. But there was a good amount of humor and lightheartedness and not taking the situation too seriously that I really liked. But they took the things that needed to be taken seriously, seriously. Like the stuff with Boomer was not played as a joke at all. Mm -hmm. And like the stuff with Ruby, like I said, I feel like they kind of were trying to find the balance between humor and not humor and they didn't always hit it, but it didn't feel like disrespectful. But there was also a lot of scenes that were funny. And the robbery is like both kind of serious but also like they, it, they realize it's ridiculous and it is funny and like so I liked that I think I liked that it, it had a really nice balance of that instead of just being like a super intense drama which is like not my thing yeah that's fair that's fair uh what do you think happens in the show going forward like I said I assumed that Boomer was actually dead and that the the escalation was going to be them being like oh no not only did we do a robbery we also did a murder and like it was very much a self-defense murder. And if it was just the murder, they could have probably, you know, gotten away on self-defense. Yeah. But the fact that they were like, we don't want to go to the police because we don't want them to figure out about the robbery. So we have to like cover up this murder without anyone finding out. Also deal with the gang. Apparently Boomer's not dead. So it's not that. But even if it's not that, I assume it's like, they just keep digging themselves in deeper. Like maybe they do go do another robbery to be able to pay off the gang or they start like working for the gang. Presumably at some point, Ruby is going to have to figure out like, 
how to keep this a secret from her husband, who's a cop. Like, I assume, like, as a cop, he's going to have to start, like, investigating the things that they are doing and her having to be like, yeah, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. That kind of combined with, like, their interpersonal things still playing out, like, Annie's the whole situation with her husband or her ex and, like, Dean and Beth's whole deal. Yeah, that's, that. I assume that's what happens. Apparently, I think they start dealing drugs at some point. Yeah, I mean... All of that is pretty accurate. Even though Boomer's not dead, there is, like, a period of time where they think he's dead. So the how do we cover up this murder thing definitely still happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do start working for the gang. There is drugs eventually. The gang's whole thing is that every time the cops get close to them, they change up what they're doing. Okay, interesting. So at the start, no, there's not drugs. But I think season two or season three, the gang is like, okay, like... We can traffic drugs instead of trafficking. Uh, they, they're counterfeiters mostly mm. for a large portion. The thing about the show that drives me crazy is there's a moment where they're like, yep, it's time to change their game. We're going to counterfeit Canadian money now. And I'm like, you, you can't like <laughs> you. Because first of all, there's a whole thing where the reason they're good at counterfeiting is they have this like ancient printing press mm-hmm. that can really like hit the right color and texture of what old American banknotes look like. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, we're just going to do the same thing for Canadian money. And I'm like, that shit's plastic. You can't put it through a fucking printing press. Like, have you ever seen Canadian money in your entire fucking life? I mean, if their whole deal is printing old money, I maybe they're printing old Canadian money? But even old Canadian money is, like, so much harder to counterfeit. Yeah, like That is true. Even the old stuff still has, like, shiny crap on it. It still has mm-hmm. the holograms. Like, it is not... an. It is not, like, just change the plates and print Canadian money. That no, would yeah. not work. Canadian money is way different. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> I remember you having this complaint before, but I didn't remember what show it was about, so. Oh, yeah, it's show. about this one. It's, like, <laughs> it's plastic money. Like, what are you doing? And they have these giant sheets of paper, and I'm, like, no. <laughs> no. Anyways, we're going to skip Canon Queers because I told you. It's Ben. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, I assume it's Ben, unless there's any other canon queer characters, but... No, it's just Ben. Yeah. Okay, Ben's great. Good for Ben's great. Ben's coming out scene is great. I don't know how much you want me to to spoil, so... I mean, I really did... This is getting into the would you watch more of it question, but... Yeah, but... I feel like we should put that earlier just so I know what I can say. Yeah. I I did think it was a good pilot, but it didn't intrigue me enough to make me want to watch more. You know what I mean? Like, I liked the pilot. I didn't, I wasn't bored watching it. I thought it was funny, but it wasn't like, it didn't make me be like, oh yeah, I really am excited to find out what happens next. I was like, okay, like that was good. I liked the characters. I thought it was funny. I don't know. I, I would maybe watch more if someone else was, like, watching it and they were like, oh, come watch it with me. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I, I super want to watch more. Like, I honestly can't even, like, imagine how they're going to continue this plot for a long time and keep me interested. I almost feel like I would love this if it was a movie. Okay. But I feel like 
watching multiple seasons of this, no matter how interesting the characters are and how like well they balance humor and drama, I think I would get bored of watching them drag out like doing crime and trying to avoid getting caught for crime. So like, I liked it as a pilot. I think I would love it as a movie. I don't really think I would watch more of the show. That's valid. That's actually a complaint I've heard about the show before where people are like, the episodes are too similar. Mm-hmm. I really love every character in this show and the way mm-hmm. they develop to the point where like, a lot of dramas are formulaic and mm-hmm. this show definitely has that in it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I really appreciate how the show develops it. But if you mm-hmm. don't mind spoilers, then I'm going to yeah. tell you how Ben comes out because it's yes, really fucking it. cute. Yes, yes. So Annie's ex-husband, Greg, his wife has mm-hmm. a baby. And mm-hmm. because of a series of reasons I don't really remember, Annie mm-hmm. is there when his wife gives birth. Uh-huh. And she comes home to Ben. It's kind of late. She's tired. Ben's like, oh, how'd it go? And she's like oh, it's a boy. And Ben goes, hey, mom. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, me too. And Annie says, I always wanted a boy. And she hugs him. (laughs) It's very cute. That's cute. I also really like that. um, Obviously, there are some people out there who would be supportive of a gay child, but not a trans child, because some people are assholes. But the fact that Right from the beginning, we very clearly see that Annie is supportive of her kid's sexuality. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm assuming that, like, Ben's coming out story isn't about, like, like, worried that they won't be, like, he won't be accepted or, like, having to deal with, like, his mom not being supportive or whatever. Like, I just, I like that, like, we get right from the start that Annie is, like, super supportive and, and that's just... I love that. (laughs) Yeah, everyone really supports Ben. The only... We only get one scene where we see it, like, kind of being a struggle, and it's actually from Mm -hmm. Ben's stepmom, and it's not that Mm -hmm. she doesn't support him. It's one of those things where, like, you're so used to saying a name that, like, Mm -hmm. it kind of just slips out, and she Mm -hmm. feels really bad and is like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, which is totally... Yeah, it it happens. (laughs) But no, everyone's really supportive of Ben, and Ben's great, and he transitions, and it's... I think it's really well done. Nice. That's good. I, I like that. Yeah. Do you want to guess who my favorite character is? <sighs> That's tough. Is it... Is it Beth? It is Beth. Okay, I was going to say, Beth was probably my least favorite of the main three, but I feel like she's your type of character. <laughs> Beth, the moment where they're like, Beth just found out her husband cheated on her, and Ruby's like, what do you want? Do you want, like, vodka? Do you want chocolate? And Beth's like, a sledgehammer. <laughs> was the moment (laughs) in this episode that, because going in, I was like, oh, like, maybe Annie's my favorite character. And then the moment Beth said a sledgehammer, I was like, wait, (laughs) no, I love Beth. I am obsessed with her. She, she goes from, like, complacent house mom to full-blown fucking criminal so fast. She is good at it and she can control it and there's a point at which she starts like taking over Dean's business and being better at it than him and (laughs) the thing about the subgenre of middle-aged women rediscovering their sexualities is it's one of the only genres where the main character tends to be my favorite because so much of it is these women who like married very young or 
for one reason or another are a housewife and didn't really get to do their career or do something. And so Mm -hmm. much of it is always about them developing and becoming like a smart person and realizing they can do these things and they don't need their husbands. And Mm -hmm. Beth like hits that so hard and she's such a badass. Yeah. She definitely was good. Like I didn't dislike her. She's like, I feel like that type of character just isn't my type of character as much, but like, she was good. The moment with the sledgehammer, very good. <laughs> very good. I, God, I aspire to be Beth if anyone ever cheats on me. I'm like, I'm going to sledgehammer in their fucking office. She's also the most similar to the character in Orphan Black that, that this show reminds me of. And I do really yeah. like that character in Orphan Black. So um, I feel like if I watched more of the show, I would also probably enjoy Beth's arc. But Ruby was definitely my favorite Ruby's great. Honestly, all three of the main girls I love very, very much. Yes, I do like all three of them. I also like that they are just friends already. That there's no, like... At first I thought maybe they were going to be, like, strangers or or even maybe, like, Ruby. Because, like, when we first see them, it's Beth and Annie at the diner and then Ruby walks over. And for, like, a brief moment, I was like, oh, maybe they don't know Ruby. Like, she's just... They just meet her now. But then it was clear that they were already friends. And I was like, I like that because, like... They just have a good dynamic. I really liked the dynamic the three of them had. Yeah, it's really fun. Okay, my favorite ship is a hard guess from this episode, but I'm gonna let you try. This is mostly based on, like, things I kind of vaguely remember you talking about from this show. Is it Beth and one of the gang members? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So is it the main gang member who we see in this episode who's talking a lot? Yeah, it's the main guy, the guy with the big wing tattoo. His name mm-hmm. is Rio. Uh-huh. Rio and Beth are my shit. They are... <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it's toxic as fuck, obviously. <laughs> no one is arguing that. But they are so funny. They have so much chemistry. I did kind of like Rio in this episode. I love that he was just going on about the backsplash and the Yeah. <laughs> It's very good. It just added such a, like, little bit of humor and a little bit of interest to this character that instead of, like, obviously he was this scary gang member, but instead of him just being that, he was also like, yeah, so uh, that's a nice backsplash you have. Do you have a problem with, like, staining when there's, like, uh, uh, like spaghetti on the stove? Does it splatter on it? <laughs> it's just very funny. He's very funny. There's also a scene at one point early on where... Like, Beth's kid is in the backyard, and Rio shows up, and Rio's just sitting there helping her kid with his math homework when she comes <laughs> out. Like, Rio is a wild person. I adore him. <laughs> he and Beth have such good chemistry. There's a point at which, like, the FBI is after them, and the guy comes over to Beth's house and is like, hey, have you ever, like, seen this man before? And shows her a picture of Rio, and obviously she's nervous. But she has to go talk to the FBI again. And she's talking to Rio and she's like, what the fuck do I tell them? Like, they're going to want to know why someone like me is hanging out with someone like you. And Rio's like, just tell them we're sleeping together. And Beth's like, what? (laughs) And then Beth gives this FBI officer, like, this whole, like, fan fiction plot of how she slept with Rio. And I'm like, girl... (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's very good. I like that. They're very funny, and they're very good, and they're also awful. Uh, Beth has shot Rio multiple times. Rio threatens to kill Beth regularly. Uh, (laughs) At least, you know, that's that's an equal 
partnership of of murder attempts. Yeah, to be fair, they've... (laughs) There's a point at which, like, Rio is, quote-unquote, going to kill Beth, and Beth is like, wait, you can't, I'm pregnant, and Rio's like, fuck. (laughs) It's very funny to me. My second favorite ship is Annie and her ex-husband, because, again, I'm a sucker for divorce couples. (laughs) Interesting. They're fun because... Like, Annie is very young to have Ben, Mm -hmm. and I think Annie had Ben when she was 17, probably. I was gonna say, they don't specify, but it very much seems like Annie was, like, a young mom. Yeah, so the whole thing with her and Greg is, like, they were classmates, or Greg was her math tutor or something, Mm -hmm. and they have a very funny relationship based on the fact that when they are together, despite the fact that they are both probably in, like, their late 20s now, they act like fucking teenagers around each other. It's really Aww. funny when they're, like, once their relationship is in a good place, the way they treat each other is hilarious. <laughs> they just have so much chemistry. There's a scene where Annie gets arrested for, like, drug possession because... Boomer sucks, essentially. And Greg comes over and is like, Ben left his jeans here. That's why I'm here. And Annie's like, okay, come in. And he's like, what happened? How did you get arrested? And she's like, okay, like, fuck off. I don't need this from you. And he goes, like, I know they weren't your drugs. You don't do drugs. <laughs> and then he just ends up staying there and they get really drunk on vodka and they're watching YouTube videos about baby animals. And Aww. they're really cute. That's very cute. There's a point at which Annie says something about how she had a reputation in high school for, like, putting out. And Greg's like, yeah, I know. Why do you think I hung out with you? <laughs> and she, Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah they're very silly they're very fun it is mostly like first second season you get to see that from them because after that greg's Mm -hmm. not really in it very much but how many seasons does the show have four or five it just got canceled last year oh anyways that is our show Mm -hmm. do you want to tell me what i am watching next week Yeah, we're going to pivot to something completely different from this. Okay. I am going to make you watch the pilot episode of Invader Zim. Ah, yes, Aliens. Yeah, we're going back to some some classics. Well, modern classics. I would say it's on a similar level to like Adventure Time or Avatar. I'm excited to see your thoughts on it. Well, now that you've said Adventure Time, I'm scared, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. Sounds good. So thank you for listening. You can email us at episodeepiphanies at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at epiphaniespod. You can leave us a review on iTunes like our kind friend Valerie did. Yes, I was going to say we need to read Valerie's iTunes review. Yes, I'm bringing up Valerie's iTunes review. Here we go. Says, can't wait for more. Always feels like a fun conversation between friends. I love hearing first thoughts on pilots and the different opinions y'all have about the two different types of media. Always gives me a good laugh. Aww. Thank you, Valerie. I'm doing a little heart with my hands. Thank you, Valerie. Also, I was listening to the Arcane episode, and you said you were going to make a one-sentence fanfiction about everyone's username. So, (laughs) Valerie's username is Zebra Dolphins. Oh, okay, my one-sentence fanfiction is 
once upon a time, there was a zebra and a dolphin, and they couldn't be together because one was on land and one was in the ocean, but they would meet at the beach every year and kiss. Aww. The end. <laughs> what a great story you've told me. Thank you. <laughs> Masterpiece. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Valerie liked it. Of course Valerie liked it, because Valerie, like all our listeners, is smarter than both of us combined. It's true. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.